Welcome to Financial Flight Academy with John Schutz and Brent Connolly from Soar Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we inspire families and business owners to build a foundation for their financial future. We do this by listening and building trust with our clients. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to protect your nest and live out your dreams as John and Brent draw from years of experience and guest experts to help you take that leap of faith. His father came to the U.S. from Ireland with $5 in his pocket, and that story left an impression on Michael Gibbons. Michael grew up, did an internship at Disney World, the most magical place on earth, where he met his wife. They then moved to Nebraska. Really? That must have taken some powerful magic, I'm sure. But gentlemen, introduce Michael for us, please. Welcome to Financial Flight Academy, episode four with Michael Gibbons of Advantage Insurance. Michael, how are you? Good, thank you. How Welcome you? to the big show, Michael. This is going to be a thrill for you. It is. Whenever <laughs> you invite me, John, it's always a thrill. I know. I get that a lot. But <laughs> Michael does property casualty insurance. Does that confuse you at all, folks? It. I, I think it can be confusing to some people. Uh, as Brent said, Michael is with Advantage Insurance. He is the insurance agent to the stars of this podcast. That's right. That's right. And to help understand insurance. Michael, again, welcome to Financial Flight Academy. Well, I appreciate it. This is going to be a lot of fun. It better be. So, Michael, (laughs) he's helped several of our clients uh, not only save money on auto, home, umbrella insurance, those sorts of things, but uh, just also helping folks understand, make sure that they have the proper coverage. Absolutely. Okay, Michael, let's start here at the beginning. Your story can really not be told without starting about your father. I want you to talk a little bit about, about him and his influence on you. Well, sure. Uh, so in the mid sixties, both my parents immigrated from Ireland to the Philadelphia area. Um, I tell this all the time that my mom came to this country with $20 in her pocket that was given to her by the nanny company that she was going to work for. And my dad had five bucks in his pocket. Wow. Jeez. And he was he borrowed the money for the flight. He didn't take a boat. Okay, I know John's thinking he took the boat, <laughs> but he didn't take the boat. Well, I covered the Lincoln assassination when I was in TV, so it's yeah, I go back a ways. Anyway, he go beat ahead. Me to that. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. No, no. Go ahead. But yeah, so he took a So he did fly over okay. here and he borrowed the money from his uh sisters that were already over here. Okay. And, and my one aunt who did take the boat over was came over about four years earlier. Um, but they, uh, my dad immigrated and, uh, within a month he paid back the money that it costs wow. to fly over here. Wow. Um, actually just a side note, my parents then met in Philadelphia. They did not know each other. Oh, really? Wow. So, okay. Interesting. Have you ever had a chance to go back and do any genealogy and see? What oh yeah. Is? So my dad's youngest brother, so Irish Catholic, mm-hmm. one of 11, my sure. Uh, dad's youngest brother, my uh, uncle, he still lives on the farm and farms back oh, here. Awesome. So, and and so your dad comes here with $5, uh, your mom with 20. Tell us what happens next. And because your dad is very successful. Yes, he's done very, they both have done very well. So um, he started working construction and what another great <laughs> story about my dad he went his first day he went to work 
he looked at, you know, everybody would look at the old photos from New York and what were they wearing? They were wearing like suits. Oh yeah. Right. My dad went to his first job to the job site in his suit and his (laughs) boss said, what the heck are you wearing? And he goes, I don't have anything else. And that day his boss took him to Sears. So his boss took him to Sears and bought him two pairs of jeans that day. Really? Wow. And, uh, he had work boots. I think, uh, he bought him another pair of work boots or something like that. But, um, yeah, so my dad had no idea what to wear to a job site. Um, so he worked construction and then ended up meeting my mom and then started his own roofing company. Really? So, and he's is he still working? Did he you tell is, me? He's uh, going to be 77 this year, and he just did a roof uh, three weeks ago. Wow. That by himself. Is... By himself? Yes. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. because I live in Nebraska now. Right. <laughs> well, so that brings up an interesting question: How did that your dad's experience influence your views on money and work? So, I just look back at what he had with the money that he came to this country with, um, which was basically nothing, right? And he just worked hard, and that's what how he taught us the five of us. There was five kids. Uh, that if you work hard, you can make money. So um, growing up, I always worked for my dad. So there was never, I never worked at a McDonald's or a Burger King or anything. It was in the summer. I was waking up. I was like a farmer, farmer's kid. I was working for my dad and roofing. And I said, I am going to get educated because I do not want to do roofing ever again. (laughs) Sure. That sounds like my story. (laughs) Yeah. I do not like manual labor. As you recall from episode one. That's right. Go back. uh, Check it out. Yeah. Check out. uh, I think you got a paper route, you said. So. Well, walking beans. Oh, that's right. The corn corn knife. Corn knife. Yes. I've still got it. So keep this moving. So so give us a little description (laughs) of some of those jobs you did when you were younger, specifically. So if you think of hell. That's what it would be. <laughs> so my dad, <laughs> I love him. He is the greatest guy in the world. Um, first off, he would tell me to go get something. And that's exactly what he would say. Go get that. And I would have no idea what he was talking right. about. <laughs> so that part was hard. But I do remember at the age of about 11 or 12, I was carrying bundles of shingles up a ladder to him. Um, I would strip the roofs. Wow. I would help them take the plywood up and we'd lay the plywood, the sheeting down. Mm-hmm. Um, back east where I from Philadelphia, where I grew up, you know, the we didn't have hailstorms. So the roofs that were on the houses mm-hmm. were there for, say, 30, 40, 50 years. Oh, boy. So they're a mess. Yeah. Stripping. Would, them. Right. That'd be a nightmare. Yeah. And I always had to be the one that stripped them <laughs> and then cleaned it up. Hey, that's so, why you have kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but that's uh that I did that every single day uh, through the summer. And then if he didn't need me, then I worked for one of my brothers had who had their own landscaping business. So we were all had the entrepreneurial spirit and we all, work for ourselves basically. Well, and I will say this, nobody hustles more than Michael Gibbons. This guy is, I mean, in addition to the property casualty insurance, you've got another business and 
you know, I don't want to divulge anything that you don't want me to divulge, but uh, this guy's always moving. So uh, I think your dad would be very proud of what you're doing, Michael. Well, so. if he could listen to this now, he can't hear anything now because of the nail guns. All the time. Oh, really? Yeah. So he, he wouldn't be listening. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll send him the text version. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, moving beyond that, I am always fascinated by things that people might say to someone that can, you know, maybe it's just something little that just changes their life. You have, I know you had ex an experience like that, but uh, are there a couple that maybe stand out for you? So when I meet people and they ask me where I came from and what college, uh, I always tell them that I went to college outside of Philadelphia and I played baseball in college. Where'd and you play baseball at? It's University of Westchester University. Okay. Okay. So tell me what position you played. So before I discuss that, because a lot of people will ask me what position, but they'll also say, were you any good? And I, <laughs> and I always tell, I think people, we know the answer. Yeah, <laughs> I always get that part. <laughs> I always tell the people that I ended my college career, my college baseball career with a walk to run walk off home run. <laughs> wow. Yes. Awesome. And John's laughing because I think he knows. The I know what position story. you played. <laughs> See, I was a pitcher. <laughs> I threw the pitch. And somebody tattooed and, it over the fence. And then immediately after that, I turned around and got thrown out of the game. And the it's the only <laughs> game I've ever been thrown out of. Because the pitch before the last pitch of my college career was a strike, but the umpire was a little blind, I would say. Ooh. And he called it a ball. So it, or yeah, he called it a ball. It should right. have been a third strike. Right. And it should have been the third out. And we should have been out of the inning tied 1-1. And he called it a ball. Uh, so in the next pitch, the guy hits a two-run homer. I see it go over the fence. I turn back and I say some words that, that I should not have said to mm -hmm. uh, a person. Sure. And I was stupid enough to say it again when he said, what did you say? <laughs> I'm guessing that pitch was a strike. You're nothing, not honest. <laughs> so I said it again and he goes, you're out of here. And I said, the game's over, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and that was another thing I shouldn't have said, but that wasn't how I ended my college career. So was I any good? I played in college. That's all I can say. That's a great story. You can still throw a wiffle ball pretty well. Yes, I can. I Yeah. But as far as things that people said to you at some point in your life, I know you had a friend mm -hmm. who gave you a suggestion that so, turned out to be a pretty good idea. Yep. So after I was done with my baseball, I had about a year left of school and that summer, he said, wait, wait, how did your years in baseball not sync up with your school? What happened? I didn't What's say I was smart. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay sorry. Didn't mean to dwell on that. Go ahead. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say I, I, I would do this? You agreed. We're in this show already. You, you signed the contract. You have to keep yeah. going. Yes. The check hasn't cleared yet. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so, your friend, he yeah, said so something a to you. A good friend of mine from high school. <laughs> I commuted all four years to school, five and a half years to school. <laughs> no wonder you had to work hard. A lot of people go to school. For five I and did half not, years. but I will say I did doctors. not, I did not have. Yeah. It's a good one. Not a a boy. Yeah. So 
Um, I will say I did not have a single student loan because I commuted. Excellent. So, and I yes. paid my way through, which also means I didn't get a scholarship. So, <laughs> so there's another answer. Were you any good? <laughs> Was I any good? <laughs> but I played and you didn't, John. So yeah, that's anyway. correct. That is correct. So my friend said, uh, you should try out the, try and, um, uh, for this internship. And I told, I asked him what it was all about. And he says, it's an internship at Walt Disney world. And I said, well, I don't What am I going to do? Am I going to be a character or something? And he told me a little bit about it and I would be, you want to say something? I, well, well I, I do have, <laughs> I have inside information that you are the best, uh, Cinderella they ever had. No, at, no okay. No, never mind. All right. Fine. So, <laughs> Uh, maybe one of the Snow White's dwarfs or something. I don't know. Sneezy. I am. Not, I'm not Sneezy. that tall. Is that right. what you're trying to say? Let, let's continue with your internship. I'm, this is brutal. Yeah. So that's what we're going for. <laughs> All right. I, I, and I agreed to this. This yes. is unbelievable. So. So Disney World. So Disney World. He told me about this internship. He said I should. Um, apply for it, uh, that it would be four months. And since I did commute, uh, all five years, five and a half years to, to college, I said, I need to get away because I need to be on my own for at least one time in my life. Right. You and didn't really get the college experience. I didn't, I would go yeah, to, yeah, for sure. you know, after the games and stuff like that, I would go to parties in college, but I never lived on campus or anything. And I said, before I graduate, I want I need to get away. I love my parents. Sure. Just but, some independence. Yeah, sure. exactly. So I applied and it's, it's interesting how they uh, hire people for this internship. It's called the Walt Disney world college program. They interview it's one person interviewing three uh, applicants and they want to see how you interact and so forth. It's kind of like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds very familiar. It does. So it, uh, it was a great experience, and I obviously uh, was approved, and I did the internship in September of 1999, went down there knowing nobody, but I have a somewhat outgoing personality, so I was like, I can do this. My parents were worried about me because I'd never been away. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Florida. I'd never been south of North Carolina before, and so I just took the leap, uh, thanks to my buddy, and... Within the first week, I met this girl, and she gave me her phone number because we live in an apartment complex, and she gave me the phone number, but after calling it several times, it did not work. <laughs> you were probably used to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a local tire shop down the road. Well, it was only a four-digit number within the apartment complex, ah, oh, and it yeah. never worked, and I would see her again at work at the theme park that it was animal kingdom i worked at and i would see her there and i would say hey i've tried calling you it doesn't she's like here it is again she gave it to me again didn't work and i'm wondering wondering to myself does she not like me or does she <laughs> like me or is... i so... believe that strike two if we're with the right. baseball yeah. team <laughs> which again Michael probably wasn't familiar with, but go ahead. Continue. <laughs> uh, you are so funny. I know. Thank you. So by that was in the beginning of September. It wasn't until the end of November that I finally 
found out that she transposed the last two numbers. Oh, really? Oh, my. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So finally, I got it correct, and I took her out, and we were only there a month and a half in Florida, and when I left, I said I there was something about her that I think I liked a little bit more, Yeah, and I know I did. So we dated long distance for a year, and then I moved to Nebraska, and we've been married now 20 years. Wow. So when I think about my journey... I think about my buddy that told me you should do this Walt Disney World College program, and it obviously changed my life. Yeah. So to yeah. your credit, you listened. I did. Yeah. All right. This seems like a good place to take a break. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the podcast Financial Flight Academy, and we are so happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to soarwealthstrategies.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We would love to hear from you. So my wife is actually from Nebraska. Her uncle and cousin owned the agency that wow. I worked for. And I was in the mortgage industry. And in 08, we all know what happened there. Yeah, that was not good for the mortgage industry. Yep. The yes. Phillies won the World Series and the housing crisis <laughs> happened. So, again, going back to baseball. So, yeah, there you go. Right. So, the mortgage meltdown, I kind of got out of the mortgage industry a bit, but was still in the real estate industry and was driving around a lot. And my wife's cousin uh, called me one time and he goes, dude, you know, everybody, you should be getting into insurance. Do you want to sell for us? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, no, you need to. He's like, just pass the exam. And I was like, I couldn't even pass anything in college. Why do you think I'm going to pass exam? <laughs> Not true, I'm sure, but go ahead. <laughs> but I did, I did. Um, so that's how I got into it, is uh, my wife's uncle and cousin. So I started selling for them, and it's been, uh, that's Advantage Insurance Agency, and I've been with them ever since. So so, uh, so let's talk about insurance a little bit, since that's really kind of why you're here. Right. Uh, what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions that you see that people have about insurance? Well, everybody thinks that they know more than I know. And <laughs> <laughs> this will do nothing to dispel that. But anyway. Um, but they also it's the, the and it just happened yesterday. Um, and I'll just talk about just a of uh, auto insurance. Everybody thinks that if uh they borrow somebody's car that they're automatically covered or something like that. And because they have insurance and I always tell people, well, you need to make sure that car has insurance, right? Because just mm -hmm. because you have insurance doesn't mean uh, the car that you're going to be driving from your friend has insurance because yesterday I had a call from a client and they drove a car that was uninsured. They thought it was insured oh, and it boy. was uninsured. And Fortunately, they didn't get into a bad deal, but they had this misconception that, oh, they're fine because they had insurance, but the car itself was uninsured. So that is a real tough one um, because, again, everybody thinks, well, if I have insurance, it doesn't matter what the car's insurance and so forth. So insurance follows the car. Just keep that in mind. Okay, that's, gotcha. That's what, that, right? So, what about that rental car? I always had, I, I always had that question too. Like, well, so, don't buy that insurance, right? 
So that that's good because when I first moved here, I wanted a job when I moved here for my wife and I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. So oh, really? yeah, really? so I started there for three months and then I realized, no offense, I want to make more money. So I <laughs> got into the mortgage industry, but um, rental car, you, most carriers, you, your insurance will extend to a rental car. So it's just like you're driving your own vehicle. So your deductibles will apply and so forth. Right. So okay. uh, do you need to buy it? It depends. I always say, if you have a question, you call your agent and discuss it. Yeah. And, and these are all things, Sprint, you know, we don't do here at Sorwell Strategies, the, the auto and, but we check on these things. We do because, you know, we try to be comprehensive, obviously with all of our clients. And, and this is part of that, that process that we have here to make sure that there's certain things in place and people think about those things. All right. So here, Michael, I'm going to nerd out just slightly here, but just to explain insurance, some people don't understand that insurance companies work on the law of large numbers, right? Yes. So the, the bigger the numbers they have, the more they understand where their risk is and how much money they need to have available for claims. So as an example, you roll the dice three times, it comes up five, six, and six. You know, you would say the average is 5.66, but if you did that a hundred times, you'd get closer to the real average of 3.5. So with regard to this, the reason I explain this, this little nerd out has a purpose. You mentioned, Michael, that homeowners in Omaha might have a bit of a surprise coming their way with their insurance. Yes. So, so let's light, let's let's tell them about that. Thanks for putting me on the spot. You're welcome. So there are these uh as you say nerds that are behind the insurance <laughs> world. They're called actuaries. Oh, wow. They take all the information. I think they live under a rock. I mean <laughs> because they are very intelligent. Apologies people. to actuaries <laughs> yes. everywhere. Thank you. I know a couple of them so I'm allowed to say Yeah, that. okay, fair oh, enough. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, since I know them. But they are very intelligent. They take all the data that comes in and they look at it and they come up with, A, what the statistics are, but then how to um, insure it and be profitable because insurance carriers are for profit. Right. They are going to make money. If they don't make money, they go out of business right. and we all suffer. So with that, homeowners insurance in the state of Nebraska uh, particularly the Midwest, but just Nebraska, um, most carriers on average do not make any money on property uh, insurance. Really? They, yes. It's very interesting. We have what it's called hail weather. <laughs> we have some bad weather. You know, I was talking about my dad. Wait, what is this hail you speak of? Is it, That sounds like that's part of precipitation, which we haven't seen much around here lately. Yes, we haven't. Um but we did have three in the springtime, um, big hailstorms, and they did a lot of damage in uh, Lincoln, Beatrice, parts of Omaha, York. Um, so because of that, you know, insurance rates, these insurance carriers are not making money. So we are seeing, we've been told by several carriers that will rates go up? They say yes. And that's not just one carrier. It's not just uh, my companies that I represent. It's all carriers. It doesn't matter who they are. Um, we are going to see an increase in that. And people will say, well, it always goes up. 
Well, it's because they're spending more money. There was one number that uh, this one carrier gave us for every dollar that they brought in, they spent a dollar 35. Wow. Yeah. You don't make money that way. No, No. you go out of business. How, How do people prepare for this, Michael? I mean, so the best way is to contact someone like myself and you check out uh, we check your coverages to make sure you do have a the proper coverages. Um, a company that's is going to be um, going to have the money financially stable. Sure. So we deal with companies that are a rated or higher. So that's the best way to uh, want to deal with a carrier that is a rated or higher. Which in right, right because, because insurance is only as good as the insurer or insurer. Uh, they have to have the ability they to pay those claims. The money. So yeah. there's a lot of carriers out there. And that's one misconception too, I guess we could go that they're all the same. They're not all the same because there are some carriers that have a low rating and we don't deal with. Um, and it's because they don't have the money if there is a catastrophe. Well, that makes total sense. Now we're independent advisors here at Sorwell Strategies we wanted the flexibility here to run our practice the way we wanted to. So tell me a little bit about the advantage that you have being an independent insurance agent. So we're, we're in the same way We're I sell, I have probably about 15 different carriers on hand at all times that I can quote for my client. So the, the great thing about an, an independent agent like myself and our agency is if there is a rate increase in a year or two with a company that we have you with, we can compete within our own agency to get you the best rate and the best coverage. So you don't have to go out and find a different agent. We do it for you because we sell for so many. So um, for instance, Travelers, Liberty Mutual, Safeco, they're just a few of the companies, Progressive, AAA, Oh, 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 wait. So do you know Dr. Rick, the guy who helps people not become their parents? Uh, for, with yeah. Could you introduce me? Can I get I would, an autograph? I would love it because I think those commercials are unbelievable. Probably the best ones on television. Yeah, they are. They're awesome. So sorry. They, they've done an amazing job with some of their characters, by the way. So, so what I'm hearing is you're doing the heavy lifting as far as shopping for the client. I am. That's great. Yep. Yeah. So Michael, how do people get in touch with you? Well, the best way is to uh, contact us at uh, our our phone number is 402-484-5454. Or you can email me at michael at advantageinsagents.com. And agents is plural, so don't forget that S at the end. But those are the two best ways to contact us. We do have a Facebook. Um, and we'll put, a, we'll put a link in the show notes. By so, the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Thank you for being here, Michael. It was uh, so much fun to hear your story. I can tell you're passionate about what you do. You know, having the proper coverages in auto, homeowners, and personal liability insurance is super important. We don't do that here at Sorwell Strategies. However, it's certainly part of our comprehensive process here to make sure that we're talking to our clients about those coverages. And, you know, Brent, the new year is a great time to reevaluate your finances. So we have a little offer for folks here today, right? We do. Um, I'm leading the witness, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's always a good time to get that financial house in order. So we'll send it to you for free. Go to our website, soarwellstrategies.com, 
and con or contact us on our page there and ask for the financial checklist you can handle or call the office area code 531-867-3400. Yeah. Just tell us you want that financial checklist that you can handle. Michael Gibbons of Advantage Insurance. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was great having you. Uh, we didn't beat you up too badly today. Nope, so. It wasn't like that home run that was hit. I think you're I think you're hitting a home run <laughs> with what you're doing for your clients, and we appreciate that. And everybody out there listening, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And thank you again for joining Financial Flight Academy. Thank you for listening to the Financial Flight Academy podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at soarwealthstrategies.com or give us a call at 531-867-3400. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Soar Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor.